We all have a story to tell. The longer our lives, the richer our stories. When I look at you, I see a woman of strength, integrity, character. A woman who has seen hardships, struggles, pain, and loss. A woman who has compassion, love, courage, and power. A woman who has succeeded, failed, and learned. A woman who will continue to persevere and thrive. When I look at you, I see a woman who is wise, not withered. and welcome to week eight of the Wise Not Withered Character Showcase. I'm thrilled to present a very special pair of characters, Athie and Akul, an aunt and niece potion-brewing witch duo. The illustrator for these characters was Joy Ajuang, whose family originates from South Sudan. Our witches have strong influences from the Dinka people who are indigenous there. Our American writer, Anna Marie Mickey, did some fabulously thorough research and ran everything by joy to ensure the most accurate and respectful representation of the Dinka people. Anna Marie will introduce herself and talk more about her creative process later on in this episode. The witch's names came directly from Joy's Dinka heritage. Athie is a unisex name meaning blessing, and Akuol is the feminine form of the name Kuol, which is a type of bitter fruit that can be used for medicine. Joy told us that Kuol is a fairly common name in her own family. The idea I had for the witches was, like most of the other characters, extremely bare-boned. It was important to me that lots of different relationships were represented in the project, and I knew that I wanted the witches to be an aunt and niece pair. Originally, I wanted the story to focus on the older witch, who is 72, and conflict would arise when her 45-year-old niece messes up a potion recipe and accidentally releases a dark, mysterious power. Once Anna Marie started writing the story, it became clear that both witches were equally important. I thought it was an interesting concept, simply with their ages and exploring the relationship between two grown women who are some kind of combination of mother, daughter, sister, and friend. The older witch, 72-year-old Athie, has 27 more years of life and work experience, but at this point her 45-year-old niece Aquil is pretty established and skilled as well. During the conversation over WhatsApp with Joy and Anna Marie, I had an idea that I believed to be silly at the time. I had said that it could be funny if they're experimenting with potions and Athie temporarily changes their appearances to that of younger women. They both look in the mirror and say, nah. Anna Marie chimed in, saying that she thought about the usual cranky but affectionate older woman and the younger person who has to deal with them. But then she thought it would be more interesting if the niece was more uptight, while the older aunt is more experienced and is in this stage of life where she is somewhat embracing a second childhood. So Athie might be known for trying things that Akul balks at. I adored Anna Marie's idea of the second childhood, and it reminded me of hearing about postmenopausal women who in some ways revert to a more childlike state in terms of positive energy and outlook on the world, similar to how they were before their first period. I didn't want to outright say that in the story, but the underlying idea would be there. The niece Akuol is premenopausal and coming to terms with the change, whereas the aunt Athie 
has already accepted it since it happened at least a couple decades prior for her. Joy added her own thoughts, saying how it's nice to show that as we get older, it can be difficult to accept changes in our bodies and lives, and having the older witch be more calm and cheerful in itself shows that this isn't the end of the world. You can always find Joy if you wish to, and her goofiness imparts that lesson on the younger witch. Joy continued, As for this dark force, I think it would be important to tie it in with their personal hang-ups. We could have it connected to menopause with the younger witch, perhaps literally or perhaps metaphorically. Then Anna Marie riffed on that, perhaps something related to fear, almost like when a teenager goes through puberty, prompted by uncontrollable and significant change. She feels that change deep down and doesn't want to admit it scares her. That could be partly why she clings so much to more strict magics and seems to have lost some of her creativity and imagination. Joy added on that again, talking about how Akuel feels a sense of control in her magic abilities that she doesn't feel in other parts of her life. She desperately wants to be young again, not aware of the darkness brewing within herself and holding on in vain to that belief. Basically a metaphor for how attempting to reclaim your youth, rather than accept the grace of aging, can have negative consequences both for your own well-being and others. The Potion Brewing Witch's story is the only one in the Wise Not Weather project that has age as a key factor and conflict in the plot. It was important to me that although each character had to be at least 40 years old, age would not be a defining characteristic for these stories, in hopes of normalizing the idea of middle-aged and elderly women as protagonists. However, since the older witch has accepted her age, it felt right to include one character in the project who at the beginning of the story has not accepted it yet. My original idea was that the niece would somehow be at fault for the main conflict, and it also made sense that Akul's mishap wouldn't be caused by mere carelessness. At that point, she would be 45 and more experienced and capable than to mess up like a novice. So having the darkness and conflict arise from her insecurity about aging, with the role model showing another way of aging, made perfect sense. The idea I had of a potion making them look younger also came with differences in how each witch would respond to seeing her younger self. It would make sense that Akuel, the more uptight one, would be shocked and yearn to look that way again. Athea, on the other hand, would gaze upon their younger selves and relish in the memories of when Akuel first came to live with her and learn magic, feeling nostalgia and appreciation rather than disappointment and longing, showing that difference in perception was indispensable. The original idea for Wise Not Withered was going to be entirely through a lens of gaming, but as ideas came in from the writers and illustrators, I decided to not put the whole focus on just games, but rather media of all types. The witches, though, with all their different potions, would be great characters for an open-world RPG with ingredient collecting and crafting mechanics. Another one of Joy's ideas was that recipes could either be stumbled upon by player experimentation, or by reading books scattered across the town, or perhaps speaking to certain NPCs. If we wished to fight against the grave evil, we could introduce combat early on, say, to hunt certain creatures for ingredients. This could teach the player that they can use the potions to augment their stats mid-battle. I think if you start with this relaxed Animal Crossing-like tone for, say, the first third of the game, it would get people invested and accustomed to the character's way of life, so it would become shocking when the dark force appears due to their own hand. 
sort of a tone shift, though the mechanics can hint at this future event. Anna Marie did an amazing job coming up with potion ideas. Instead of simply describing them, I'm including excerpts from the story to show off her writing skills as well. Featherlight potions enabled their feet to hover inches above the ground as they stepped out from their cottage, just high enough to walk across the flooded grasslands with ease, a welcome convenience in the rainy season. The rain was still coming down steadily, and a deep fog had set in as the late afternoon wore on. Athea opened a clear eyes bottle, and the women drew lines on either side of their eyes so they would not lose their way. Akua pressed a finger to her temple where she had drawn a clear eyes line. By focusing her energy, she could not only see through the fog, but enhance her vision further. Akul dug into her pack. She carried a vial of mica and ore. She retrieved one of the villagers' gifts next, a cured hide of an ancient lequi. Finally at rest after years of wandering when the merciful earth called its life away. She plucked several hairs from the hide and mixed it with the mica. Then she held it aloft to the rain, to the cycle of water, from the ground seeping into the river and condensing into the air and returning to its mother, ever-changing even in its constantness. And now here is Anna Marie going a lot deeper into her background, creative process, influences, main takeaways from the story, and her experience being part of the Wise Not Withered project. My name is Anna Marie Mickey, and I'm the writer for Always Constant, Ever Changing, or the Potion Witches Prompt, as it was first pitched to me back when Julia first reached out to me. And I am from the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, lived here my whole life, went to school not super far from here. Um, and as for how long I've been writing, I mean, I've been creating stories ever since I could hold Barbie dolls, basically. Um, but as far as more polished writing, I would say even as early as middle school, um, probably a lot of people around my age or my generation can relate to growing up on websites like Neopets. Neopets for me was highly formative and it sounds so silly, but I created vast characters and stories and I wrote so much in middle school and I wrote all, I got to explore so many different kinds of characters and explore ideas from books I was reading and just whatever would pop into my head and so that was a highly formative time for me but in terms of sort of the kind of writing I like doing. And I think there were hints of this when I was younger, and it's definitely only gotten more polished and sort of come more into the forefront as I've gotten older. But I really like works that have a little bit of an existential bend to them. Um, things that aren't always 100% straightforward or sometimes maybe have bizarre sentence structure here or there or really play with words um, sometimes even maybe like creating new words or putting words together in weird ways that you don't see a lot to sort of really make you think about what you're reading or pull you into the scenario of whatever you're reading. And I think you see a lot of things like that more in short stories, um, because in short stories you have such a smaller amount of time to really make an impact on your reader 
which is one reason why when I was in college studying literature and writing, I really fell in love with short stories. Um, Flannery O'Connor was one of my favorite authors that I read in college. She's one that really just comes out there and just smacks you with uh, the bizarre and the weird and sort of the uncomfortable. Um, also, a lot of short stories I read, like African short stories or Asian short stories. I took a few um, like non-Western classes. They really delve into that kind of magic realism bend. And sometimes you're not 100% sure what's going on or things are a little bit weird. Um, so it just makes you like, you have to really, every word counts in a short story. And so when an author does something, it has to be very specific and they're doing that for a reason. Um, you can't just sort of like mess around or, or do something and for, with, with no purpose behind it. And so that's what I really love about short stories and um, now in my like older writing, I really sort of embrace that way of writing. And I hope that comes through in always constant, never changing. Because um, this being a sort of like a, a witchy, magical story, I really got to play with some strange language here or there, some weird things of describing s scenes. And uh, for me, that is so much fun to explore. And I hope that that comes across to the reader as they read it and sort of pulls them into the scenario that we set up with Athei and Akul. With Athei and Akul, I think I couldn't focus on just one because they live in such close proximity together. And, uh, and Akul especially has basically grown up with Athei. I mean, their lives and their, um, their duties and their job and their lives are just, everything is just so totally intertwined and they're both older women, um, but they're still both women in different parts of their life. And I kind of wanted to explore Athey's wisdom being the, the older one who has basically sort of already gone through what Akul has, is going through. Um, that sense of when you're in your middle age and you're sort of reaching older age. And obviously I'm, I'm young, so I don't, I can't empathize with this, but I have plenty of older women in my life, like my mom and my aunts. Um, so, you know, I can sympathize with sort of seeing them go through these changes and juxtaposing that with the older, older women that I see in my life who, you know, have sort of come to an understanding, come to a freedom of where they are in their lives. And so I kind of wanted to explore, and I, th and I think that's important too for younger people to read a story like this, see characters like this, think about people like this, where, like, I'm younger, but, but obviously I'm not always going to be young, and younger people think about aging too. How's life going to be in 10, 20 years um, they look to the older women in their lives and see how they handle aging and that imprints on the younger generations on sort of what to expect as they age. And so I wanted to write a story that was focusing on that there is beauty in aging and, and you know, that you don't have to be scared of it. And I wanted it to be encouraging, I guess, for like anyone in any stage of life reading it. 
um, whether you're younger and you think about how will I feel older when I, how will life be when I'm older, or I mean, possibly if if you're older, also I hope that you know I was able to sort of reach out and touch some of those fears, and it's just, I think it's especially poignant in women, also, um, because our society places so much value on youth, and so much of so much is sold to us on staying young and being youthful and being beautiful, but there is so much to be gained as you get older. And really, I think that's what Athei tries to reach out to Aquil. Um, even if she doesn't come out and say it, just the way she lives, the way she presents herself, the way she celebrates life and what she does, she goes into each day unafraid and excited with almost like a youthful kind of energy, despite her age. And for me, like sort of the more I thought about that, the more that I really carved that into a thay, the more excited I was to write it, the more I sort of found the voice of the story, found these two opposing forces between a and Akuel and how they work together. And for me, that's that's the real heart of the story is them together. It's not just the one. It's both of them, both of them navigating life with each other, what they give to each other, what they learn from each other. Um, and for me, that I, I would say that's really the heart of the story. As for the more like nitty gritty of the story, um, sort of forming its setting, um, being in North South Sudan, uh, that really came from the artist. That that came from Joy, absolutely. I mean, right at the beginning, when all three of us had met, me, Joy, and Juliana, we talked about ourselves a lot. We talked about where we sort of came from, what our influences were, what we were interested in. Because um, we really wanted to bring a lot of ourselves, me and Joy, to the story. Um, and, I mean, my my bent is obviously always going to be a little more Western because that's how I was raised and that's sort of the culture that I'm surrounded in is more of a Western culture. So I've always been drawn to, like when I hear magic, you know, my first thought is going to be sort of the more English Western magic, Lord of the Rings, um, the medieval, the Renaissance, that kind of thing. And, you know, a lot of the literature I've read is that. And I do love that and... Uh, and but Joy, her family is actually from South Sudan, so when she started sharing that with us, I was like, we have such a great opportunity here, um, where I can sort of bring my love of of magic and um, just the idea of like witches, which is always just so much fun for me to play with. Like I was talking about earlier, like magical realism kind of stuff, all, all the all the powers and like works in the world that just sort of work around us has always fascinated me. So any story that has magic or anything like that is super up my alley. So to combine sort of my experience with writing that sort of setting, um, and you know, all my like reading and cause a, a lot of my influence comes from those sorts of stories. And then just placing that deeply in Joy's culture and the opportunity to to have someone so close to that that then like I could obviously I did a, quite a bit of research um, I also asked Joy questions pretty much anything I wrote I ran by her to make sure that it was accurate or at least because um, you know it is it is a magic story it is fiction so it's not 100% accurate to like real life 
about making sure any sort of liberties we took or things that um, we did a little bit differently sat well with the whole picture that we were trying to put together. So it was so great to have that opportunity to explore a culture and a part of the world um, that you just don't see very, very often. And um, so so that was just absolutely fantastic. I, I mean, I love doing research and immersing myself in a different culture and a different people and the opportunity to bring them more to the forefront um, and to have Joy consulting very closely on it to make sure that the ideas that I brought to it were respectful and, and proper um, while still hitting the emotional impact for all of us was just absolutely amazing. Uh, I joined the project because a friend of mine, who is the artist on one of the other stories, um, she had been recruited by Juliana uh, before I had, and we were working on a project together. So she reached out to me and said, hey, I joined this project. It sounds really interesting. It's about older women in a variety of stories. It's about, you know, uh, expanding the world of fiction to include like the old, like older women. And it sounds, that's up both of our alleys to do something like that. So I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. So I reached out to Juliana and, you know, she immediately pulled me on board. And when she sent us the list of prompts, Potion Witches was immediately up there for me (laughs) because again, I love magic and I love magic settings Um, I love what you can explore and what you can do. Like magic brings such an easy and immediate way to explore like the metaphysical, you know, expressing people's psyches and their thoughts and their pain and their journeys, what they're going through, through the strange around them and, you know, the magic and the bizarre around them. How does that manifest in the world around them? And when you introduce magic into a setting, you can really bring that to a forefront and you can play with it in ways that for me is so much fun. So Potion Witches, I think, was probably my first pick, if not like my second pick, something like that. So when we got our prompts and I saw that I had, was assigned to Potion Witches, I was so excited. And working on the project was just so much fun. I mean, Juliana was just so gung-ho the entire time. Any, like, especially at the beginning when we were really firing ideas back and forth, trying to really hammer down what idea we wanted to do, because there was there was a lot to get into the final product. Um, we threw around a lot of ideas before we finally settled on the final, on, you know, what, what it eventually became in the end. And she was always just texting and messaging, uh, which I don't mind because it means that the person in charge, you know, you, one thing I've learned is that when you have a project, especially something like this, where there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of people that are working together, you need a strong leader. You need someone who is 200% passionate about it because you have someone who's even like 90% passionate about it especially when we're like mostly volunteering for this just to do it because we enjoy it and it's interesting it sounds fun you need someone who is really going to hold the reins and just be totally on board with you know discussing any idea and going down any avenue and really encouraging all of us and sort of keeping on us to to work on it and 
like I said, I don't mind because when there's someone that passionate behind a project that keeps you passionate. Um, so, uh, like even despite like occasionally schedules get busy and everything, but, um, the, you know, I was able, I was still able to finish the story and Juliana was there the entire time <laughs> making sure that, um, you know, that if I had any questions I could ask, making sure I was still good, reading any revisions that I did, leaving me really great feedback that I think just really pulled the story together and really tightened the story as well. Like she was such a good second pair of eyes to have on, on the story. So yeah, working for the project was just fantastic. And I'm so proud of the final product and I'm really excited for people to read it. And I hope when people read it that they will ultimately come away with a feeling of just, and I think going into 2020, starting a new year, starting a new decade, don't be afraid. I mean, that sort of, um, that theme came out, I would say, kind of organically as I was writing. Usually when I go into writing, I don't always have a strict idea of what the theme is going to be. What is the big message of the story? And for this one, the one that really came out was, you know, go forward unafraid, have I mean, or go forward, I guess, despite your fear, you know, we're all going to be afraid, but instead of, instead of being antagonistic toward that fear, because that's sort of what, that's what Aquil does. She lets that fear fester in her. And then that fear goes outward and it affects the world around her. It affects the people around her. And that's that's what happens when you let fear drive you is it affects not only you, it affects, it affects everyone around you. And Aquil really learns that she needs to accept, learn to accept the change around her, the change in her life, the change within herself, both physically and mentally. And when you accept that, then you can move forward with bravery in spite of it. And and you and you, the people around you can help support you as you move forward. You're not alone, you know, in that in this journey of life, basically. And um, so, yeah, reading like writing this story for me was it's just filled with hope and so much joy. There's so much joy in all the details of the story, uh, and I really hope that that comes across. And I really hope that when people read it, they feel that hope and um, you know try to sort of take that back into their lives. And I mean, <laughs> that might be a lot to ask for just a short story, but I mean, for me, whenever I read it, that's what I come across or that's what comes across to me is the hope at the end and the hope that I can take that into my life outside of the story. Um, we're not perfect, but we try. And, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm so honored and blessed to have written a story that reading it now, it means that much to me. And I hope that readers um, also see that and hopefully take some of that with them after they're done reading. So to everyone who reads Ever Always Constant, Ever Changing, I, uh, I hope that you enjoy it, first of all. <laughs> and I hope that you, you find some of those deeper meanings or maybe other things in the story that speak to you on some level that when you come out of it, you feel, you feel that hope and joy. Um, 
And if you do that, then I've done my job. I loved writing it, and I hope you love reading it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Wise Not Weather podcast. More character showcases coming out Sundays until mid-2020.